So it was Mary and a few of the other women who first went to the grave. See, Jesus was killed, laid in a stone, and then it was Sabbath, so they had to stay home because they were forbidden to do any work. But as soon as they could, the first morning of the week, they ran to the grave. But they didn't run because it was Easter in their hearts. They went there with spices, with new linen cloths to rewrap Jesus' dead body. Still in a state of mourning, still in a state of loss and of deep despair. But as they approached the grave, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. Something wasn't right. Something wasn't as it was supposed to be. And there was an angel sitting on top of the stone. And as Mary and the women drew closer, the angel said to Mary and her people, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Yes. Now the disciples, the Mary and, and the other women, they didn't know quite what it meant, but the angel said, go and tell my disciples that I live and that I will come and I will meet them. In Mary's confusion and the other women's confusion, they went and told the disciples, and the disciples received the news and all but dismissed it. But then Jesus' light began to grow. The disciples, up in the upper room later that week, they locked the doors and they closed the shutters so that people wouldn't see in, so they wouldn't catch them. So that when no one would know that they were there, they were still locked deep in their despair, locked deep in their desperation, locked deep in their desolation. And in a locked room where the disciples were gathered, murmuring, what do we do now? Suddenly, Jesus appeared. And the very first words he spoke to them, the first most important words were simply peace be with you and then he said it again as the disciples it didn't seem to stick so he said it again peace be with you so I have been sent so I am sending you to go and let the good news be known then the next time Thomas was there with the disciples. Again, the disciples met in the upper room. Again, they locked the door. Again, they closed the shutters so that no one would see them, so they wouldn't be caught, so they wouldn't be crucified next. They were hearing that Jesus had rose. They had seen him and didn't know what to do yet. Thomas, who wasn't there the first time, said, I, I don't believe it. My doubting heart will not receive it until I see the holes in his wrist, until I see the piercing in his side, I cannot accept. He abandoned us. He left us. I cannot believe it. 
so there was Thomas and there was Jesus on the other side of the room and Jesus looked deeply into Thomas' eyes and then he walked up to Thomas and he said, Thomas, I know your doubts, I know your loss, I know your frustration and your hurt, but touch the holes in my hands, touch the, the piercing in my side and know that I am healed and I am alive. Believe in me, Thomas. Blessed are you because you see now and you believe, but blessed will be those who don't see and yet believe. I have risen. And then a little bit later, the disciples return to their old professions, not knowing what else to do, and they are fishing. Jesus shows up on the side of the lake, and he says, bring in your nets, and a load of fish come in, and then Jesus says, let's have breakfast. And as the disciples are crowded around the fire, Peter is one of them, and we left Peter off denying Jesus and abandoning him, and refusing to say that he even knew Jesus and Jesus looks deeply into Peter's eyes across from the fire and he says Peter do you love me and at that moment all of that emotion Peter burst into tears and he says knowing all of his doubt all of his betrayal all of his denial of Jesus and he says yes Lord you know that I love you and Jesus then looked at Peter so as to say, look, Peter, I don't care about your failures. I don't care about the mistakes you made. I don't care about the past. Go and feed my sheep. Feed them with the good news. Love them as I have loved you. Finally, Jesus gathers his disciples on the hill for the last time. And he's up on the hill, and he knows as the disciples are coming forward that there's still an inkling of doubt in their hearts. They still don't get it. They still don't quite know what to do with it or how to feel about it or what will come next. And then Jesus stands before him full of glory, and he says, Look, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and so I say now to you, go to among all of the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to follow my command that I have given you, my command of love. To love others as you would want to be loved, to love above all other things, and to love as I have loved you with all of my life. Go and share it with the world. And then he says to his disciples, and know this, I will be with you regardless your circumstance, regardless your loss, regardless of what happens next, regardless of anything, I will be with you always. Amen. But then Jesus arose with my freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested in my life. Yeah.
So here I was up here, and I was just getting ready to break this glow stick and say that he lives. And I started to press this thing against my chest. In first service, I didn't have to press very hard. But second service, I was like, this thing ain't breaking. And, and then it was like I heard this voice reminding me that the enemy doesn't want it to be so. And then I heard another voice say, Say it like you mean it and break it like you mean it. And friends, sometimes we have to take a step forward, lean in to what we want to be true and trust that as we lean and fall, that it is absolutely true. Now, some of us are here today and this is your first time in a year. Some of you are brand new to Horizons, and I praise God whether you're watching online or whether you are in person with us this morning. Some of us coming from a place where we know this is true, the truth of Jesus' resurrection and new life has been cemented deeply into our hearts. It is written there. It is grafted in to the very flesh of our hearts. And so we come this morning simply needing a reminder and a refresher and just to say, yes, it is so once again. Some of us, though, like the disciples, no matter how many times Jesus presented himself and said, I am alive, I'm no longer dead, I'm no longer in the grave, it is as it was written in the, in the prophecies. Some of us, like the disciples, still climb up that mountain with a little bit of doubt in our hearts. And if you are coming with any of that, I want you to know you are in the right place. Because this message is for us today who just need to hear it said again and need to take one step closer to trusting it and letting it get written right here. So hear the good news that Paul shares with his church in Colossae, simply proclaiming this is what it is. He says, for in Christ, all of the fullness of God is living in a human body. All of God was all in all of Jesus. And so you also are complete with the fullness of God in your union with Christ, who is alive, who is the head over every ruler and authority. There is no one greater. There is no one more powerful. There is no darkness that will keep him down, no sin that will keep him shackled. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. But not like the Jews, the Hebrews who came before you. You were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision. Amen. The Holy Spirit is living within you. It is the cutting away of your sinful nature. You see, when Jesus was buried, you were buried with Christ. You were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins, 
because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it on the cross. Speaking these words, it is finished. It is complete. And so these things are true for the disciples. These three things are true for us today. Because of Easter, number one. Easter takes Jesus beyond a good example with good ideas to a profound relationship with a living force for good present in you. Friends, there are so many good ideas and so many good books and so many powerful leaders and servants who have walked this earth, who have been servants of God or simply servants of humanity who have given us ideas and ideals that we strive to live after. But there's a difference because, between Jesus and these because while many or most of them have already deceased, Jesus overcame the grave and lives. So they're not just good ideas. It's a life of a good idea, of a powerful idea, and walking with the one who put it all in motion every day. Number two, what we know about Easter is that Easter takes, let's look at number two here, Easter takes resurrection from a single rare event to an impossible event to the thing that no one else could do to die and then come back from the dead, takes it from a single rare event to, a, to countless experiences for all who receive it. The impossibility of dying and coming to life becomes the miracle again and again and again for each and every one of us. As Paul says, we were buried and we died to our sins, and yet we experience this resurrection. We experience this new life in Jesus. We are made fully alive. And because we are no longer attached to our sin, our shame, to our guilt, to the ways that we are held back by our addictions and our idols, we are set free. We are free indeed because the impossible is ours and it's happening every second in every heart in places all around the world. Number th third thing that we need to know about Easter this morning is that Easter makes everything we are lacking freely accessible for everything we are facing. Friends, whenever we are walking through the darkness, whenever we are caught in hopelessness, whenever we are facing abandonment, disappointment, frustration, absolute desolation, all we need to do is remember 
that Jesus was there in the worst of it. And although every disciple and follower thought it was the end and could never be as good or get better again, he rose. And then new life started flooding across the land, across every nation, across every soil, reaching deep into the hearts of those he came to redeem because he lives. Whatever we are facing, we have in him who says, I will never leave you. Friends, this is the good news of Easter. This is why we're here to celebrate, and this is why we go forward to share this news. If you love someone who is in need of hope, this is the most powerful and present message that is ours to freely share. Let us pray. Lord God, you are good. There are times when we feel you leave us and that you have fully departed from our situation in the depth of our greatest need. And we look to you and we say, what are you doing and why? And yet you remind us that you're leading us into something that we need to experience so that on the other side of it, we can see what it means to overcome it, to come across to the other side of it, to take steps again and to breathe again and to know that this is not the end, but perhaps it is just the beginning, Lord. So meet us here. Let your spirit free flowly upon us. And let us be resurrected right along with you. And let that love, let that light, let that life and freedom flow freely from us. Lord God, we lift up this worship to you. We lift up our, our doubting hearts, our questioning hearts. Let us be yours. Because you are ours. Amen.